project resume can make your medical coding dreams come true. From resumes to interview skills to navigating a successful career, Project Resume has the advice you need from coders you can trust. See all that we have to offer at projectresume.net. Please make sure to reference Medical Coding Geek when you place your order. Looking for a convenient, cost-effective solution for interventional radiology coding training? Check out Cracking the IR Code, Mastering Interventional Radiology and Cardiology Coding Online Education. Created by interventional radiology coding expert Stacy Buck of RadRx. This comprehensive online training offers access to content for one year, Q&A support available during your one-year enrollment period, hundreds of coding scenarios, and actual operative reports. What are you waiting for? It's time to earn that specialty credential. Go to RadRx for additional testimonials and information, and use our promo code GEEK10 for special pricing. Again, go to RadRx and use our promo code GEEK10 for special pricing. The Haugen Consulting Group offers healthcare consulting, education, and auditing services utilizing a team of industry experts specializing in leadership, project management, and assessments for HIM and patient access. Their auditors and educators are experts in facility and professional fee coding and offer education for ICD-10-CM, PCS, CPT, HIM, patient access, and revenue cycle. The Haugen Consulting Group is thrilled to be a partner with with medicalcodinggeek.com and the Not Also Classified podcast. Go to thehaugengroup.com slash shop and use promo code GEEK15 at checkout to receive a discount on webinars and desk aids. Again, go to thehaugengroup, H-A-U-G-E-N group.com slash shop and use our promo code GEEK, G-E-E-K-1-5 at checkout. You are listening. You are listening. You're listening to Do Not to Not Elsewhere. Not Elsewhere. Elsewhere. Elsewhere Classified. Welcome to Not Elsewhere Classified, a podcast about the medical coding, health information technology, and clinical documentation improvement community. I'm your host, Brian Kui. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Not Elsewhere Classified podcast. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, welcome. Over 70% of the listeners of this podcast listen on Apple Podcasts and also have an iPhone, of course. So please go to the Apple Podcast app on your iPhone and leave our podcast a five-star rating and even leave a brief review. Please check out this podcast on Facebook and Instagram at NEC Podcast. We also have a Facebook group. And of course, you could follow me, Brian Kui, last name is spelled C-U-I, on LinkedIn. In today's podcast, we continue my conversation with Bertram Lansico. Before listening to this podcast episode, please make sure to go back to part one, where we talk about his beginnings as a recruiter. In today's episode, he answers my question about competition. He talks about being an entrepreneur with his company, Renowned Talent. And we also talk about his YouTube channel, where he has a Ask a Recruiter series. So without further ado, here is the continuation of my conversation with Bertram Lansico. Enjoy. So let's 
talk about competition, man. That's that's the one thing that I um, there's a lot of recruiters out there, right? Yes, there is. And my question is, how do you set yourself apart? Not not just not just you, but in terms of just anybody, maybe a recruiter could be listening because I'm sure there are a lot of people in Tampa who's going to listen to this podcast every t- or or if I put this on on LinkedIn, Tampa people, St. Petersburg are going to be listening, watching this. Right. So there might be a recruiter out there amongst a sea of recruiters. The same thing as coders and and HIM professionals. How do you? How would you set yourself apart from the competition? Now, I think the I think the bulls or when. Who's the who is the coach of the uh, of the Bulls? I, I don't know why. Jackson, Phil Jackson, Phil or the Jackson. one or the one before Jackson, him. Phil Jackson, Phil okay. Jackson, Phil Jackson. And then when Phil Jackson was looking at the, and working for the Lakers, I think he did something that was really awesome, and he always analyzed the competition. And that's what I would suggest all recruiters to do. You have to analyze the competition. You need to find out what is the par in the industry. Is it just that somebody posts jobs once a week? Is it twice a week? Is it are they doing social? Do they make or are my team members making 50 or so calls? Find out what the base level, the, the status quo is. And then in each segment, raise your bar. Mm. Okay, so what I, so so we had like, I'll tell you our metrics, right? This is, and this is what's gonna be really interesting for the HAM folks, so do not turn off. This is what you wanna listen to. You wanna know why recruiters are hounding you? You wanna know why we like are calling you so many times a week and we're bothering you and we have such a bad rap in the industry? Mm -hmm. This is why, it's because of competition. Mm -hmm. It's because we are working for these organizations and even if we only have one job on our job board, they're telling us we still need to make 50 calls a day. Mm -hmm. We still need to have this much engagement. We still need to test these many people and companies are losing candidates, people that are not even gonna apply to working for the organizations because they're forcing the recruiters to do this. And the recruiter has to do this if they want to keep our jobs. Mm-hmm. So as a recruiter, I had to make at least 50 calls a day Wow! when I was working um, in corporate. Even mm-hmm. if we didn't have a job or if we only had two jobs and we already had people interviewing for the job, mm-hmm. um, we had to test, let's say, 10 or so people a week because they had metrics from 10 people that test, maybe four or three will pass. Of those four or three that will interview, you will likely hire one. Right. That, that 10% rule, I told you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, so a lot of folks are wondering, well, like, why, well, like, why are these recruiters like hounding me? But I, I started to get smart about it. So I had my pipeline. I would always like have people that are ready to go have them tested and I would manage the expectations. Another thing I would re- require and request recruiters to do, you need to manage candidates' expectations. If there is an immediate job and you're speaking to that person and like Bertram, I'm, I'm in between jobs, I would say, well, I do not have a job immediately, but if you want to get tested, one could come up tomorrow, one could come two weeks from now, but at least you would go through the testing process. But a lot of recruiters, they don't believe anybody's going to fall for that. So what they do is they say, hey, I have a job coming up. I'm just waiting for my account executive to, to give me the, the, the go ahead. I want to get you tested. The person gets tested, they pass the test, and then it's a forever waiting game. Be honest with your candidates. If there's something immediate, then you need to let them know it's immediate. Yes. And if there's something that's only short term, let them know it's short term. Is something long term? Is something for travel? We we have to pull back the veil as to what the opportunity really is. And you know what's so funny? A lot of folks, if you tell them, and let's say I, I was speaking to you, Brian, I was like, hey, I have this, I have this immediate job opening. You know, can you start in two weeks? You may say, well, Bertram, I'd love to help you because I know your brand, I know you, and all of these things. I was listening to Brian Cree's 
you know, podcast. I heard all about your story, but I have a friend over here, Tony, that would actually be a better fit for this job and opportunity. Mm. We're working together. We have that relationship. So they're going to actually, or usually help us connect with other people. A lot of like probably half of the, rec the recruits that I got and the hires I got for the companies that I work with were referrals. They were, Hey, you know, I connected with this person and maybe they were fit. Maybe they passed the test. What it's funny, even if I wasn't able to hire them or they failed the test, people are not afraid to refer another person that maybe may do a good fit for the job. And you're probably wondering, well, Bertram, how far does that referral chain go? I actually just recently hired a mom and two daughters wow. in one family that are all coding professionals. Nice. <laughs> and it wasn't my plan. <laughs> <laughs> but it just happened that they were referred and what, what one did was it just shared my information and they said, Hey, I don't know. Um, I didn't say anything, but you know, if he can help you get a job, like reach out to him. And we were just, they all passed and they all did very well and they're doing well in the assignments that they're assigned. Um, you know, so when it comes to competition, it's all about realizing what the status quo is and pull it up above. So I used to, I used to make the calls I would do. But one thing that I used to kill my team members on is that I had very long talk times. I'm talking, they're on the phone for, you know, six to eight hours. I'm on the phone for like 16 to 18 hours. Wow. Wow. And I would get in the office very early so I can go through my email. So I have less distractions <clears throat> and then I would just work the rest of the day and then I'll go home at five o'clock. So, you know, we would usually go home at five 30, but I went, home at, I went home at five for me so I can be, you know, spend some time with my, with my lovely lady. And I was doing that because I already put in probably, you know, I will put in by the end of the week, three times as much work as my coworkers. And I, I never blew that up, but it's funny. It, management can, can make you look like the bad guy mm -hmm. because they were posting me as, well, Bertram has 18 hours of talk time. You guys are going to cut down on your distractions <laughs> and, and he's hiring a lot of people. So do like Bertram. And I never, I never did any of this. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know how many hours of talk time I had, mm -hmm. but it was funny. The, the, the well, let me uh, let report. me ask the the hours. Is that is that per call? You're it's it's really long, or you were just making more calls? I was making a lot of calls, but I was really engaged with the candidates okay. I was talking to. Mm. I mean, we were. I tried my best to find out as much as I can about the candidates, and it doesn't always have to be somebody that's interested for a job immediately. You know, as I said, we we have to play the long game. I'm not saying I'm just going to stay on a call for an hour. And the person is never going to work for a company or has retired. You know, that's when you're just playing, playing, you know, playing the game or playing a numbers game there. But I'm, I'm talking about if somebody has five plus years of experience, they're a high level trauma one coder, let's say doing inpatient. It's going to benefit me to talk to that person every few weeks, even if it's just for 30 minutes, 15 minutes, just to check in. And if the call goes longer, because I want them to have me in mind. And it's so funny, sometimes when we have a break or a vacation, and then I'll call that person whenever my next round of calling would mm -hmm. be, like, oh, Bertram, I thought about you two or so weeks ago. Or when their phone would ring, their husbands would say, oh, it must be Bertram again. <laughs> <laughs> they know you're going to call. Like, because you, you just have to be that consistent. Now, things have changed a lot, you know, because, I mean, we, ha we now have social media. We now have these, these platforms that really help us to engage, and maybe we don't have to do that. But if you're in an organization and they're really strong on high call volume and high call times and those types of things, as it was when I was working for that organization, you know, you just have to raise a level for your status quo. And if it's social media, and let's say people are only posting jobs once a week, do it three times a week, you know, create your own groups. Like you, you have to create something that's going to be so much more powerful than just what you're going to do for that company. 
a lot of us are, are, are thinking like, oh, well, if I actually go to like, let's say this conference and I speak on behalf of that, that company, that the company is getting all the praise. No, you'll be a registered speaker for that organization. And let's say you go to start your own or you're in between jobs or whatever, they're going to have your name. Yeah, they, they sponsored it. They're the exhibitor, but they're going to have your name as a speaker. Mm-hmm. And you can put that in your LinkedIn and you can you yeah. know, have it as that, that you're a speaker. And then boom, that's going to lead to other opportunities. The speaking is what I'm kind of slowly getting into. And I realized that that uh, it opens a lot of, <laughs> opens a lot of doors. Uh, it opens a lot of marketing doors. And I think, you know, I'm very thankful that this podcast has made that happen because they, they get a glimpse of who you are, you know, a glimpse of what you can do. And because of that, like, hey, I want to hear what he has to say about this topic in our meeting. And I'm like, OK, I'll, I'll do it. I don't care. I, I just treat whatever, you know, session, education session, whatever it may be, conference. Uh, I remember somebody asked me one time, well, how was your how was your session? Oh, it was just like a podcast. It was exactly like a podcast <laughs> because and, and then um, I was at Victoria Mole. Victoria Mole is a, is a speaker herself. But mm-hmm. she 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 delineated uh, the way it's done. I guess that you can have good speakers, or you can have good talkers. I'm a good talker, mm. <laughs> not necessarily mm. a good speaker. So you know, I'm in that transition period of you know, or transition of being a good talker. But then, in, in a way, I need to be a good speaker. And then, from Correct. a speaker, you need to be a good presenter. Uh, so those are the things that, in terms of transition, all right. Let's get into your company, Renowned Talent. Uh, you, you mentioned earlier that, uh, you know, in your head or there was some feeling that you needed to kind of branch off on your own. What made the final push to, to finally create Renowned Talent? It was uh, actually the birth of my son. Oh, okay. My son was born and, um, you know, my wife had a slight complica- complication, nothing serious, but, you know, we were in the ER because we didn't exactly know what was going on, so that first week that my son was born, he was home with grandma and I didn't get a chance to see him. We were not too busy. As I said, we had a super, we had a superstar team like the nineties bulls. Mm -hmm. So I requested to my manager, I said, Hey, you know, we didn't really get a chance to spend any time with the baby, you know, face is changing every single day. Um, can I, can I take a few more days just to spend, spend time with family? And um, it wasn't approved. Oh, man. I, I, I love this gentleman. We're still in great talks. We have a great relationship. But when you're working within corporate culture, it's always best that you have your people on call. I know like if there was something immediate or if they needed something, they could have texted me, called me, whatever. Hey, Bertram, can you figure this out? Can you send an email, whatever? I could have always done that. But just in me not getting the approval... And we had another situation earlier in the year where he himself actually usually has a family trip once a year and he would actually go off and like with his whole family and they'd rent a house by the beach and just spend a whole beach day. But there was a major industry um, uh, hack. So he ended up working and I'm like him and his family only have this one week Mm -hmm. a year Mm -hmm. to really like spend together. Let's disconnect. Let's go by the beach and let's just, you know, be a family. Let's do all, all, all family things. And he was stuck working. And I was like, mm. do, I, do, I, do I want that in 20 years? You know? And I was also very cognizant of if anything happens, um, especially if, sometimes if you're doing too well, you could be the first to go. So, uh, you know, I saved up you know, a decent amount of money and I took a leap of faith and I started, uh, I started Renowned Talent. And, it's, and, and I'll tell you what, I did not do a, a, a one email of business development. 
I did not have any clients. I did not tell anybody that I was going to start my recruiting agency. Mm -hmm. It was November, November 1st, 2018. I just launched out there and I, you know, updated my LinkedIn and I said, I remember that that. we're starting, I'm starting my own agency. And the reason for that is because if my company got any inkling that I was doing something like this, or I was going to do something like this, I would have been uh, terminated. Oh yeah, for sure. Conflict of interest. So, you know, it's, um, it's really just going out there on a whim and, uh, and, and doing, I mean, I've, I've done plenty of research. I knew I can do things on social and stuff, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to generate business or people are, are going to trust you with their jobs and opportunities. Clients are going to trust you to actually be a recruiter and also recruiting doesn't have a lot of barriers of entry. You know, you don't need a credential to start recruiting. So anyone can really do it. So there are a lot of recruiters and there are some outstanding recruiting firms out there already. So, I would just be adding more competition, but you know, I wasn't, I wasn't afraid to, to, you know, to get started, but um, it's really been a blast. And in, in, in hindsight of everything that's happening, I'm actually very glad that I started mm-hmm. my own agency. So it's, it's by your, it's, so you are on your own. You're, you're the, the sole recruiter or do you have recruiters underneath you? I do not have any recruiters. I do not have anyone doing business development. I actually talked to a few folks and folks wanted me to work with them as to start, you know, something, but we could not even agree to a name. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, if we can't even agree to, to the company name, you know, like how are we going to actually do business? And when things actually really get tough, like how, like how are we going to make things work? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I am a, I am the marketer. I'm the CEO. I'm also the janitor. You know, I'm willing to do. I'm willing to do anything for our clients to make sure that they're happy and they're full. So you're the the one man one man show. How was that transition? How, how was it an easy transition to go from corporate to to doing it on your own? What were some of the I guess obstacles that you had to deal with to to finally you know get the ball rolling uh, in your business? As you may know, being an entrepreneur and starting your own business is the hardest thing I have ever done. You know how people usually say, well, like, hey, when you have a business or your own company, it's like your baby. Like I am, I am, I'm probably still in labor right now, <laughs> trying, trying to, trying to get this company up and going because mm. it is so hard, everyone. Mm. You know, it's, it's one of those things when you're doing something or you have an event and people are like, they're going to come and of course they're going to sign up. And then nobody comes and nobody shows up. It's mm-hmm. almost like Tyler Perry, right? He's like, hey, I, you know, everybody looks at me now and they say I'm, I'm rich and famous. And, but you have to remember like, when I first started doing my plays and I paid for it out of pocket, I knew everybody in the audience. We, we could not attract people to, a co- to come. And you do that over and over and over and you just have to con- continue showing up. And even though you still have to give them the best performance because in the world that we live today, maybe some of you just shares a very funny snippet on social media and then it, it just goes boom. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's so hard when you're yeah, and this is the funny thing, and this is the difference between what's the difference between you running your own business and working for corporate. When you're in corporate, it almost feels every little thing that you do, you can see an instant result from it. Let's say I have to do this report. Wow, from this report, we were able to get this, and we know this, we can be able to make a change. When you're an entrepreneur, you do that report, you do that invoice, you do those things, and it almost feels like nothing has changed. And you have to do that day in and day out, day in and day out. It's almost like when you have a job, when you incorporate your working and you feel like today you didn't really get anything done. Feel like that for like two years. Mm -hmm. And it's so different because you're actually doing more now than when you were doing before. 
you're actually having more conversations. You're actually part of more sensitive things. You're actually more involved in the taxes and filing <laughs> yeah, of the company. And like, it's like, like it's, it's so much stuff. And you sometimes feel like you're, you're, you're getting nowhere, but you know, I didn't necessarily do this, as I said, because it was sexy. Like, um, you know, I actually survived off of 10% of my salary uh, from when I was working in corporate. Mm -hmm. And I had to go to my wife and say, hey, remember like how you just wanted us to, you know, you know, you started this recruitment journey with me and she did over 10 years ago. Um, and she's known everything. And I said, hey, we're going to walk away from that. You know, you've wanted that life of uh, that job security and you wanted to be able to take a family trip to, I don't know, like Bahamas, Miami, like wherever you want to go every single year. Yeah, we're, we're just going to put that off for like a few years and we're going to try this based on a whim that I had. But it's so interesting because it's through small little things and developments and how, how the company is going and building, we're realizing that, it's, that, is, that is the best. And yeah, for now, you know, I'm doing it by myself, but you know, that's going to be changing very soon. We're, we are already involved in doing staffing right now. We have our own coders that are working for us right now and that are Good. building. Good. You know, so it's like just it like things are going to come, but I'm, I'm still in the birthing process. Right. It's, it's not the it's like the like from what I see from working by yourself versus a corporate, the corporate has, you know, they hire somebody to do that aspect of that job and they hire the best to do that part of that job. And you, right. you're by yourself. So maybe there's one aspect, like you just mentioned taxes. God, <laughs> taxes, right? Uh, right? You know, are we accountants? No. Can we do it well? Right. No. Do we know how to generate reports? Do we know how to analyze the financials? Do we know about, you know, uh, you know, a little bit of corporate law? You know, those type of things. Uh, copyrights. You know, some of the stuff that you've never, you know, uh, dealt with as a recruiter right. in the corporate world, now you are dealing with and the learning curve for every little aspect of your business, just, you just got to keep on going. Like for right now, I have to learn how to do video editing. I, I don't know how to do video editing. I, I've done some, but not to a point where it's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's company type, you know, uh, uh, I don't want to say quality, right? Quality. And I'm always mm -hmm. looking for good quality, good audio, good video, but now I have, you know, and I mentioned that the talking, the speaking, the presentation is the same thing when you do it on, on video. How are you going to present the video? Is it just going to be screenshots and present, you know, a PowerPoint, or is it going to be like a production, like a, like you're a true director, you know, those type of right. things, like a Steven Spielberg type of thing. And that's what I'm looking at. You know, that's how I, I kind of see what I want to be in creating content, you know, in terms of that. But I don't have the stuff. I only have a webcam. I have a microphone, you know, and, and you have right. the basic stuff that you have. And I think, um, you know, I think the word is scalability, right? So you're not mm. able to scale yourself in comparison. So it's it's not fair to compare yourself. And I, I kind of put you under the bus there <laughs> with that question. <laughs> you can't uh, you can't compare yourself as a sole entrepreneur to a corporation because you're not to scale. But correct. And and I think with your company, um, you have to work with what you have and Correct. and then you grow the same way organically slowly it may not be as Correct. fast as a big corporation you may not have the capital to to scale on demand or you know get this uh, specific contract or expand as fast as you need to be but you 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 have what you have and you do it well um, yeah. 
so let's talk about one thing that uh and I, and I did, I remember when you launched or made that announcement that you were going to create your own company. I'm like, oh man, that's pretty cool. Uh, and I was very happy about that. I'm like, yeah, and he's, he's doing it on his own. And I knew I had questions, but I'm like, wait, it's too early to ask him questions because, <laughs> because I, because it was say November 1st, 2008. Yeah. I was just, uh, I, yeah, yeah, I was, I was doing the podcast. And so I like, oh, he would be a great guest. But I'm like, you know, it's kind of too early to to bring him in because I want him to, I want to let him marinate a bit, so that way he has a little bit, of, <laughs> a little bit of a story when I when I get to. Yeah. Let me wait till 2020, you know, and uh, let's do it in person. Uh, but yeah, though, I, I I liked it. But but um, when I going back to the beginning of the podcast, and I, I wanted to have you in person because the reason what drew me to see you in person, I wanted to just grab a mic, let's do it, let's do it. I think number one, your voice. Uh, but the voice came from your YouTube video, and that's what drawn me into there. So, uh, there you have, and I know you don't promote it, but I'm I'm promoting it for you. So you have a lot of videos, a lot of videos, uh, and you do regular videos on YouTube. So what? Um, and you do such great, you do a great job on it, by the way, uh, with the formatting, the production, and. Um, if you guys haven't checked out his YouTube videos, please check them out because they're they're pretty cool. Uh, you do it outside, <laughs> which I Usually. I like. I don't like you know uh, you know when you when people do it because they sometimes they don't have the production. You know they don't have the lights. They don't have like right now. Look at my look at my my office here. I'm just gonna show you. You know, look, it's it's nothing special. You know, it's you know you have the cam. You have like my workstation. Look at that. I have my fiber over there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like it. I have all of my stuff over here, you know, yeah. I have garbage over here and, 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 you know, the, as I had mentioned, you know, you got to start somewhere. And, and one of oh, my, one of my you biggest, do. um, one of my biggest goals is to, to create some kind of studio, but I just haven't figured out what, what the heck am I going to do with this space? Uh, mm-hmm. but I like that you do it outside and, and, uh, the fact that it's outside, it's lively, uh, the the sound sounds great. I don't know what do you use. You just use your phone and and just go at it. How, well, let's let's take a step back before the product before I talk about production stuff. Um, what what made you decide to I guess utilize YouTube uh, to help promote renowned talent? Let's take a moment for a quick break. Hello, everybody. I want to thank you for listening. But I do want to take a quick moment to promote our partners who help support the podcast. Do you want to know who supports our podcast? You can go to our website, medicalcodinggeek.com slash partners. From there, you could find a list of our partners who help support the podcast, including the Haugen Consulting Group, Project Resume, RadRx, Findacode, accessadoctor.com, ZipRecruiter, and so much more. So again, please support the podcast. We're doing great things. We want to expand, but please go to medicalcodinggeek.com slash partners. And now back to our show. You know, it's interesting. I don't really use it, as you said, to promote you know, my biggest regret from my recruiting career was I wasn't able to share the journey. 
with my family, you know, with, uh, with, with people that were go- that I was working with, with all the coders that I was talking to, wouldn't it have been so awesome that my first year as a recruiter with no experience when I actually won the award for the most people recruited when I almost got double what the person the year before with a little bit more experience, I would have been able to share that, that either through video or through phone or just saying, hey, thank you so much for the 60 plus people I hired in my first year. I want to like you help create this person that had no experience and you took on on a whim and you kind of helped me accomplish one of my dreams. And what I realized was, you know, starting your own company is a very big thing and it's definitely going to have ups and downs. It's going to be like, Hey, today we hired our first person and Oh, we had to fire our first person or our third, you know, like we're going to have those ups and downs. I wanted to share that journey because one of the things back to my, to my childhood was, um, you know, my mom was a single mom. I had a father figure in my life, but he was my stepdad and he was also very busy. Um, my mom was in a teach was, was a, you know, education professional, a teacher. So she's working a lot of hours and not getting paid. My, my father had his, my stepfather had his own construction company. So he's very blue collared, you know? So he's also working a lot of hours. And as an entrepreneur, he's also doing a lot of the work himself kind of thing. Um, sometimes even using like the, like the, the family car to transport stuff because I mean, that's just what he had or if the truck was down kind of thing. And I just, I spent a lot of time alone. And just one thing I thought about for my kids for when they grow up and I'm not able to spend as much time with them, I want them to realize why. I want them to realize what I was dealing with the day that I maybe had to miss a real important family event or just an event for them at school or something, what I was going through. You know, today we have a place like YouTube and I just use YouTube as a, as a, as a library. I just use YouTube as video takes a lot of data, you know, so I just use YouTube as somewhere to just store the data. I don't have a lot of views, but I'm just more important for two views in the future. And I hope that one day they'll be interested to say, Hey, wow. Like dad started this company, like right after I was born and he mentioned me on the podcast. Like, with Brian <laughs> Quee? okay, I want to listen to this. Like, like what is that talking about? And I, and I also want to go back and I want to, sh- I want to show my journey. I mean, a lot of folks, and I know on Instagram, we see a lot of this. We see a lot of people who have like the, you know, let's say the fantastic bot or, or, you know, Lamborghinis or the big business and stuff. It'd have been so awesome to go back and to look at a video and say, Hey, like Bertram, I want to do business with you. I'm like, okay, cool. I want you to look at this video. I recently posted a video as, um, at the start of a Corona, since the start of the coronavirus, like our, our company, lost a quarter of a million dollars in opportunities we were actively working on. And one of those, the candidate was just about to be selected. If coronavirus happened a month later, we would already had an additional 30,000 in the bank. So when folks are like, Hey, Bertram, your company is so great and fantastic. Now I want to join you guys. I want to like, like you don't have to pay me anything. Like give me minimum wage. I want to start with you guys. Like, do you realize the struggle we had to go through to get to where we are today? And that's the thing, like for me, I'm not, I'm not afraid of struggle. And that's what I think a lot of us realize about the greats. They're not, they're not afraid to put the work in, but it's so much easier to join somebody on the journey once they're going and everything's going fantastic rather than, Hey, you guys are a basketball team, but you're not doing well, but I want to work with you. I can help you. I can bring something to the table. Those are the people that I'm, that I'm looking for. And that's where the opportunities are. A lot of great people that have done some amazing things actually started with the company when they were nobody, when they were nothing. And that's why they probably have as much stock. I mean, look at what Elon Musk has done to Tesla. <laughs> yeah. Like he brought his name and his brand to the company. I didn't even know who Tesla was. And he's not even the CEO, right? I think, you know, we all kind of figured that out or found that out recently. 
but just by him being him has made it like the biggest threat to the auto industry since, uh, I don't know, since anything, right? So, you know, it's just, it's just for me to really document the journeys, for me to be honest uh, with myself and how, how much work is going to take is, is just to, to document. And um, I think I will get to a point where I really start promoting it and, and like, hey, like, you know, like, let's go out and let's, let's watch these videos. So I have two parts right now that I'm really focused on, um, three in general. One is for speaking, all my speaking. One is for the renowned journey, how we're building the company. And one is for an Astro Recruiter. And the Astro Recruiter series is just a video series to kind of help people with their resumes or why you got rejected from a job interview, what recruiters, hiring managers are looking for, different tips and tricks. All of that is on that page too. So it's not all gloom and doom because we're an early startup, but it also does have a lot yeah, of really good yeah. content. I, I like that because uh, when you when I first asked you, as I was looking at it, I was looking at the YouTube video and, and I think we talked about earlier, the first video that I, I saw or was, I, I saw a bunch of videos, the, the Ask a Recruiter series, but the one video that, that I think you probably had mentioned it earlier was uh, the video where you're standing in the parking lot of your former employer. The building is right behind you and, mm-hmm. and you tell your story into there. Uh, but I like how you, you, the way you, you mentioned journey, you're, you're sharing your journey. You're sharing what you know, what's in your mind, which is kind of like, to me, it feels like therapy. It felt like therapy to you. Like when you, when you're doing that video, you're just like letting it all out. Like, yeah, this guy is letting it out. Like, and because you're, you're, you, you, um, I guess you, you kind of like revealed yourself, not too much, but it's to the point where like, Oh, I didn't know about this. I didn't know about this, about Bertram. And, and and because you reveal yourself, you're actually giving away a part of yourself to share with somebody else. That person who's probably watching the video, like myself, I'm like, man, this this guy went through, you know, he went through this, and and I felt I feel for him, man. I feel for I felt the emotion uh, in that video. So if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, please check it out. You probably will see it. He's standing right behind there, and he said, I'm I'm feeling a bit of a a little bit of emotion. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was I was pretty emotional and the video I'm referencing is I'm, I visit the office where when I actually just got my first recruiting job and this is what I've wanted to do for a very long time over three years of rejections and five minute phone calls and I got the recruiting job finally um, through person that I knew at my former workplace and when I go in to put in my notice they let me know hey Bertram you know do not uh, return to the office um, and they sent a, an, an effective immediately. I became one of those effective immediately. So I just want to share a little, like I'm going to leave the rest to the video, but it's definitely a video that I just share some very real and honest about my journey. I, I think a lot of us look at the greats or just people that are doing well and we're like, wow, like it's been so easy for them. It's been actually probably harder for us, but it's the way that we process it and the way that we take that to actually build up a fire to go into our next opportunity, that really helps us. It's not necessarily like, oh, well, he was just always a really good recruiter and he just worked for this company and did another fantastic job. No, he got, he, he couldn't go back to his former company. So no matter what the industry or what it was, he had to make it work. And that's why he was able to put in the sweat equity to, to make sweat it work. Sweat equity, yeah. Yeah, that's what I've heard. The sweat equity. Yeah, so you, you I, I like the, so... What made you, I guess, I, I know you mentioned about the, you know, you wanted to create videos because of, um, you wanted to chronicle your, your journey and you want, and someday your, your children will, 
will log into YouTube and like, let me look up daddy. By the way, my, my kids do that to if you if you look up a YouTube, right? So earlier on, I said I have some some video experience. So when I YouTube was a platform for me to try and chronicle my kids when they're when they're very young. Mm. So um, gosh, there was one video. You guys could look it up. Go look at a YouTube. Look up Brian Kui. Uh There's one video that's kind of popular. It was my my oldest daughter. Um, she was two. She was with my sister. This was when Rihanna was was just becoming okay. popular. Uh, I think when she just first connected with um, with Jay Z, Umbrella. That was, okay. <laughs> that was the song. Anyway, she's singing Umbrella at you know at the age of two years old. And, and what I did, and so my sister was videotaping it in her room. She was, you know, with my parents' house. And then, and so she sent me the video. I'm like, oh, cool. Let me match the video with the music and then put it in there. And 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 without, you know, kind of revealing it, it was, it's hilarious. Because when you have a two-year-old trying to sing a song with their vocabulary, <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> Anyways, other, other videos that I did was... Um, uh, gosh, we went to a drive through zoo. Another one I tried to capture was my kids uh, biking through a park for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after that, it kind of stopped for a bit because I guess I kind of got busy. I didn't see the value. I didn't, you know, and then we also had a trip to the Philippines that I kind of chronicled to. And, and, and after hearing your, you know, what you do with yours, I'm like, maybe that's that's something that anybody can do, you know, and not, not just in YouTube, sure. but, you know, in terms of just being, and I always promote this. I said, look, any professional needs to chronicle their journey. Uh, and, and you, you choose not to really promote it, but at least to have it there because yes. one day somebody will come up to you. And then you mentioned this earlier, Hey, is, was there a time that, you know, you dealt with this or you had a deal? With, yeah, of course I, I chronicled it in my YouTube or I have this in yeah. my podcast here. Please check this out because I say that, because the energy that you that you put in the first time that's why i told you to stop talking before i mm-hmm. <laughs> before i hit the record button cuz we'll lose that energy the yeah. energy that you put in into that video it's 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 fresh it's nice it's you it you could immediately connect versus you know secondhand story you know those right. are the things that i i, I kind of uh, attribute to so like here's the question then what what would um what sparks you to create? Like you're continuously, you know, you're continuing to create new videos, right? So Correct. what sparks you to create that video, that next video? It's just everybody that I connect with that I cannot help immediately. You know, it's, it's, and that's the thing. Uh, I know we talked about um, my journey getting into recruiting, but, you know, back in 2007, 2008, it was very similar to what we're going through right now. And there's so many people, especially in HIM, that cannot get a job. And I was very similar. Like, I could not get a job. And one thing that I do speak about quite often um, in my speaking events is that actually new graduates and recent graduates have the highest unemployment rate rather than any other generation. So I'm talking about people that are, you know, whether you're millennial, whether you're, you know, 50 or whatever, it's those people that have the education, they have their credentials, but they don't have the experience and they're kind of stuck in this gray area and you cannot get a job. And, you know, and it's actually double of whatever the national unemployment rate is. So let's say right now it's 15%. New graduate unemployment rate right now would be 30%. Because who's going to hire a new graduate without experience if you can get somebody with experience and just pay them just a little bit more than you would pay a new graduate. 
So just because I have been there and I see people hurting, I just want to continue putting out my, my story and sharing my journey because I want to show them if you continue going, if you continue pushing, if you look for the people that will be able to help you, instead of, instead of just applying online, that's how you're going to be able to get those opportunities. So every time I connect with somebody and I cannot help them or, you know, I'm just in work and, you know, and I, and I, and I talk to a hiring manager and they're like, Bertram, this resume is great, but it's missing this. I'm like, I want to share this with the world because maybe that's going to be the difference maker when the, instead of applying to the job with the same resume, they applied a hundred times, they can change this or they can add this and then maybe they can get a call back or a reach, a reach back out. I just think a lot of us honestly need an opportunity, but at the same time, we need to create the opportunity. Yes. There you go. Mm-hmm. You can't force the opportunity. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. All right. So Bertram, we've been on this podcast for a while. We could talk for hours and <laughs> for real, we could talk for a really long time. Uh, so again, thank you for being on the podcast. Let's go off with the last two questions. Uh, what does the future look like for Bertram and renowned talent? You know, um, I am not really too sure. <laughs> and what I mean by that is I am truly just taking life as it goes and as it comes. You know, when I first started the agency, I was just more looking to, hey, let's get some recruiting going. And because I had a decent career within corporate, I was able to leverage a lot of those relationships to help me start getting my first clients. And then I just continued building from there. But after a year or a full year of me running my business, I have started to speak whether it's been local colleges, universities, whether it's a a university that has a physical campus in Missouri, I've done that, or whether it's been a state um, conference, uh, whether it's it's with AHIM, I'm actually in talks right now with a couple local local AAPC groups uh, to speak with them. But I don't exactly know what the future holds, but I just know that I need to try and help as many people as possible. It's going to be help some people with jobs and opportunities. It's going to be to help some clients hire some really great and fantastic people. And it's going to be speaking at some events to, to really speak to whether it's new graduates or people that are just changing careers and they're looking to see how they can stand out from the crowd. Um, but I, I just know that I have to be renowned. I have to do everything. And we talked about positioning. So if you're just catching up on the second um, second part of this podcast, you want to listen to the first one because Brian talked about it a little bit, but I just have to continue positioning myself to be in a winning position. And what I mean by that is that's why podcasts are getting more and more popular because it allows people to position themselves. Why are more people starting businesses? Because it allows them to position themselves. And I think we just have to be as proactive as possible. You know, if you're working a job and you have a really good job security, I would ask you, great, do you have a resume ready? Well, Bertram, why would I need a resume? Just in case. Um, You know, do you have a recruiter in your back pocket? Do you know somebody that you can turn to if you need to find a job in the next two weeks? If you don't, now is a good time to start, you know, getting out there. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're a 1099 contractor and you do not really advertise for your services, can you get on a free app on your phone called Canva? And just create a little business card and just post that once a week. Hey, if you know anybody that needs, you know, recruiting support, you know, uh, auditing support, I do this on the side or I'm looking for a part-time job. You know, that's the thing. A lot of folks, I mean, we're we're thinking so generic and this just came, this just came to me. You know how everybody or some people, a lot of people post a a resume on, on their LinkedIn profile. I am, you know, you can hire me for, for coding jobs. You know what? Go on Canva create a business card and post a business card. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. Right. Hey, I have 10 plus years of experience. I have these credentials. If you're looking for somebody and just create a nice little fun logo and put that business card on there. Like, that's what I keep on talking about. We have to think about how we can be a little bit different. And it doesn't mean that you are, you are an incorporated, you know, or you have an LLC or anything. You can still file it or just add it to your taxes as you usually do. But we have to think differently. And one of the reasons why I love doing video is because I know that it's, it's nerve-wracking. I am not that, that, that tall, dark, and handsome, even though I am tall, I am a little bit dark, but I don't know about that last part. But I know it, a lot of people are not going to do video. I, like, like, nobody's going to do video. And I will continue to do video, especially when it comes to talking about recruiting and resume tips and those kinds of things, because a lot of folks in my area are not going to do, are not going to do it. You know, even when it came to just posting plain text on LinkedIn as to job opportunities, still a lot of people didn't want to do it in my industry because they felt like it makes them look like they're too desperate. And I'm like, well, I'm just reaching out. And what if that person's available for an opportunity? And why wouldn't I be desperate to help somebody find a better opportunity? Good point. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Like, like my, my whole point in recruiting is to help people find something better. I will talk with my candidates and let's say they're like, well, Bertram, I have something that's great and fantastic now. And if we compare notes and it's great, I'll say, you probably need to stay at your job. You probably need to, or if I'm, I'm, I'm in between your position and this other position, you probably should take that position because based upon what you've told me, this will probably be better for you. But then they'll usually say something like, well, Bertram, I'm, I'm leaning more towards yours. Well, why? And then I reveal something that they didn't share with me. And that probably makes this one a little bit better, like benefits or whatever the case may be, you know, or not having to wait for benefits compared to day one. You know, so it's just, it's just about stepping up and, and doing a little bit above the status quo. I, I, I learned that little, what, what do they say, that the difference between ordinary and extraordinary, a little bit of extra. And I just realized if we just put a little bit extra every single day, just how much that would add up at the end of our careers, at the end of our work day, at the end of the week, at the end of the month, when it comes to something that we're building. And I know it's very hard for my organization right now because I'm doing it solo, but I know putting out those videos and putting out the content and being on podcasts and great podcasts like this are just going to lead to so many opportunities. And it's truly helped so many people. There's so many people I, uh, I, was, I was at the outlet a, few, a couple months ago and somebody's like, Bertram, like okay hey hello <laughs> like like i hope i hope like you know there's not a child out there that i don't know about kind of thing but she was like well bertram like i've seen your videos mm. like thank you so much and she wanted a picture so we got a picture and my wife's like who's that i'm like oh, <laughs> who's that <laughs> well you know and i'm like well that's something that's 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 watch our content she's seen our videos good. she is an him you know coding professional good and I just asked her, I said, well, just from my knowledge, like how many years of experience do you have? She's like, I, I've been doing inpatient for five years. So my content is not only resonating with people that have, you know, a little bit or little to no experience, but also people that have a decent amount of experience. It feels good when they when they ask for a picture. <laughs> it, just, it, just, it just validates. Like when I do um, uh, a speaking engagement, I say, can I get a picture with you? I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> It just yes, takes it to the yeah. next level. Um, before I get to the last question, there was one. Yeah, I, I see that a lot on LinkedIn where, where um, you know, people who are looking for jobs, they just splatter everything onto LinkedIn, especially with the resume. And, and one thing that I um, can suggest is, is you need to entice 
the the industry. You need to entice them, kind of like mm. you know, kind of like ah, I'm interesting, but here's something that may interest you, right? So you mentioned the the Canva, the the um the the business card. Like, don't reveal everything because they're gonna make right. the decision based upon what you just put there, right on LinkedIn. You know, give them a layer at a time make them decide every step along the way not just you know put everything you know don't put everything on the table and expect them to make a decision right there because it's right. it's it's maybe there's something that that you know entices them maybe it was just you didn't have to put everything maybe it was just two pieces of information that you just revealed that made the deal like you didn't have to put everything there you just need maybe right. just that one step that next step and it was there so like when i whenever i do like if it was me, like if if I had to talk to my myself back in 2000, 2003, right? So when I first graduated, but I had a job though. But it, let's say I didn't have a job. I was in 2003. I graduated with my RHI, whatever it may be. And I would say, you know, and, and that's the thing. 2003, there was no really sense of LinkedIn. There was no Facebook. There was no social media, right? But if I had to, you know, you know, talk to myself and say, well, social media is coming up and, and whatever it may be, you have to entice, like, you know, sh- give them, and I always refer back to that marketing funnel thing. That's the only thing that I know is like give them a piece of, of, uh, of information that would spark right. them to, na- to to go to the next level of information. Once right. they decide like, okay, I'm cool with it. Let's get, let me give me more information after that. Give me more information mm-hmm. after that. And sometimes they could make a decision just two pieces of information so mm-hmm. you know entice them learn about marketing funneling those are that's that's why like you know for for graduates mm-hmm. and i'm going off the beaten path again but learn about marketing and so if you want to learn about marketing go to bertram you know he could tell you about that you can go to me uh study you know some marketing methods because if you're going to promote yourself you got to market yourself but a lot of people don't understand right. how to market themselves no but you know but you know brian um you, you know you just you just brought up a good thing you know what it is though it's it's not even about marketing and i know right now like the new buzzword is not necessarily marketing it's branding yes you know everyone i'm going to make it like super simple for each of you it's about us putting ourselves out there. Mm-hmm. It's so not about marketing. It's so not about branding. It's about just putting ourselves out there. Mm-hmm. And, and what do I mean? What I mean is you go to a conference or a virtual, a virtual event or a conference right now that they're having, and you recognize that this person has tons of experience in CDI, and you are an aspiring CDI specialist. You've done coding for a while. You have your coding credentials. Maybe you have a CDI credential, but you have no experience. How do you get that experience? You reach out to that person. You put yourself out there. And you say, hey, I'm an aspiring CDI specialist. Would you happen to know any hiring managers, SMEs that can possibly help me, educators that can help point me in the right direction? And what you do, you just continue asking every single person the same question. You, you just follow that marketing funnel down to when you get, yes, you're hired for an opportunity. But what a lot of us do, we just instantly reach out to a recruiter or a hiring manager, get a no, and then we, we don't do it. We, you need to speak to other people that are involved in that process that can help you because those are the people I'm, and that's how I got my first recruiting job. It wasn't from a recruiter. It was somebody that had a really good track record of referring people for an organization. So anybody that they referred, even if somebody didn't have experience, they're like, well, if we paid them $40,000 a year and they don't do well, it's okay. But if we pay them $40,000 and do very well, we are going to make probably $4 million in one year. So might as well give them a chance. Like, you just have to realize that if you get referred by the right individual, it's just going to change and make her career. 
So it's all about putting yourselves out there. One of the one of the first people that did a really good video resume on LinkedIn got a job at LinkedIn. Nice. Because after they did it, mm. every single person started to do it and they were getting job opportunities. Mm. They were utilizing LinkedIn video for something that they needed, but also in a different way above the status quo. And it was really professional, but she wasn't the only person to do it, but she got actually a job offer from LinkedIn because nice. the CEO at, of LinkedIn at the time recognized it and reached out to her to offer her a job. So we got to put ourselves out there. Very good. I appreciate that. What best words of advice uh, do you have for our audience before we wrap up today? Uh, Brian, I would say it is to be renowned. And this is why I named my company Renowned Talent. Not just for us as a company to find really good and highly qualified individuals for opportunities. What's really helped me in my career is that I, I was just a little bit above the status quo and I work very hard. You know, maybe this talks to the times that we're going for, but, but Brian, you know, being a minority in America, we are used to working a little bit harder. And what, I, what that ingrained in me is that I have to have a work ethic. I can't just compete like everybody else is doing. I can't, I can't like if the quota is, is, is three an hour as an inpatient coder, I'm going to do 3.5 an hour. Because I know if I do a little bit more than other people and I have equal to greater quality than other folks, that it's going to lead for me to have better opportunities. And even though it may be so simple, and even though we may think, well, Bertram, even if I do very well, I'm not going to get a job opportunity with my organization. That's right. Maybe it's coming from a partner organization. That's how I actually got my first recruiting director job with only four years of recruiting experience. Somebody that was a sales individual that left the organization was looking to create and start their own coding company and started throwing my name around and saying, hey, I know a really good recruiter. His name is Bertram. So we don't have to worry about recruiting. If we can hire this gentleman, it's going to get started. And then that led to one of those individuals saying, hey, we're starting something up and we need a really good recruiter. I've heard this is the, the gentleman to, to hire. And it all worked out because I was renowned in my position. So this could be good for the recruiters that are listening, the coders. You have to always do a little bit extra, be willing to step up and just do whatever it takes to, to get the job done. And it's so funny. I was just as hungry within my, career, my, my recruiting career within my first year to my third year. We were actually going to be sponsoring a local association's event. And I was the only recruiter that, st that stood up and said, hey, why not I come in on Saturday? It was like a Friday or what? It was like Monday. So I said, Saturday, I'll come in on Saturday. I'll buy Dunkin' Donuts and coffee and I'll sit in the corner. And if you can just announce, hey, if I'm looking for jobs opportunities, there's Birchman in the corner with coffee and donuts. Like you have to be willing to go up uh, above and beyond. And that's the thing, like anybody can buy coffee and donuts, what, 15 bucks? Like anybody can do that. But who was really willing to, to stand up and say, you know, how did I get to my first conference as a recruiter when at the time recruiters were not going to conferences? In the beginning of the year, when we were all sharing up our plans for the year and the places we wanted to go and different things, I was very simple. And I said, I just want to go to a conference sponsored by the company. And then everybody was like crickets. <laughs> like nobody, no recruiters go. But would you believe I, I was able to, to get a chance to go to the conference, to the national conference actually that year? Y you have to be willing to put it out. And that's why social media is so so powerful for all of us right now. If you're able to put it out there in the world, sometimes you'll be able to find people that'll help you put those things together. So, um, you know, I'm still, I'm still waiting to start putting those things out for when we're gonna start really building the team and, and sales and different operations stuff that we are gonna need to build our company. But, um, you know, it, it, it's gonna happen. 
So these are not just things that I'm suggesting and that, that sound good bites. These are true and practical strategies that I actually use in my business and I will continue to use in my career for years to come. So there you have it. That is part two of my interview with Bertram Lansico. Again, Bertram, thank you for being part of the podcast. You can check out Bertram on all social media platforms, but most importantly, go to Renown Talent, R-E-N-O-W-N, talent.com for your job placement needs. And make sure to let them know Brian sent you. Geek.com.